Welcome, Bird Gang, on today's show. Three, count them, three players were named to the Pro Bowl, but should there have been more? Maybe one more? Byron Murphy may one day make the Pro Bowl. He's certainly trending in that direction here in year two. Plus, what does the NFC playoff picture look like now? It's Cardinals Cover 2, episode 376, and it starts now. Welcome to Cardinals Cover 2 with Craig Grigalou and Mike Jarecki. Cardinals Cover 2 is presented by Hyundai, proud partner of the Arizona Cardinals, and by Arizona Cardinals Podcasts. Visit azcardinals.com slash podcasts. Murray rolls to the right, throws near side, defense caught, and he's into the end zone for the touchdown. Here's Craig Grealou and Mike Jarecki. So I started my prep work last night looking at this matchup against the 49ers here in Week 16. We'll dive into the matchup specifically later on this week, but specifically I was kind of going through some numbers, some individual numbers, and where a person ranks within the division, within the conference, and I stumbled upon this for Hassan Reddick, who we have constantly talked about here over the course now of a couple of weeks. I need your first reaction when I tell you Reddick is the only defensive player in the National Football League that ranks in the top five in sacks, tackles for loss, and forced fumbles. I'm surprised. He is tied for fourth in sacks, fourth in tackles for loss, and second in forced fumbles. T.J. Watt is in two of those three categories as far as top five, but Reddick's name is the only name that you can find in each of those three categories. Now, we all talk about sacks, and everyone knows about tackles for loss, but the forced fumbles, all five of his forced fumbles have come in the past two games, and he ranks second in the league in that category. I mean, that's some great company. You're, you're talking about the guy that's you know probably going to end up as the uh, the sack leader in T.J. Watt. Um, so listen, you know we know how hard he's worked, and we know how much uh, the coaching staff, you know, respects him, and, and and they trust him. And it's nice to see you know him have some success. I mean, he had ten pressures on you know in the game against the Eagles. Um, you know, you look at what he's done you know, for the player of the week. I mean, it's not so much his sacks, but tackle for losses, forced fumbles. So you know he's he's definitely uh, betting on himself here. And we'll see what happens in the offseason. But he definitely has put himself in position to where he's not just a guy. He can make plays when the game's on the line. Some other numbers for Reddick. Six sacks in the past two games, the most in franchise history over any two-game span. 11 sacks extends his single-season career high. His previous mark was four in 2018. One more sack, and he will triple his previous season best as far as sack total is concerned. And just to kind of put all of this into perspective on what Reddick has done, remember, inside linebacker, three different head coaches, three different defensive coordinators, three different defensive schemes, and we saw struggles. He had recorded nine and a half sacks in his first 53 career games. Now has nine sacks in his last nine games. Well, you got to give fans a lot of credit. And, you know, the fact is that, you know, he's getting playing time, just like, you know, Marcus Golden. And that was a great trade uh, down the stretch for the Cardinals. And then you got Dennis Gardeck. And, you know, the guy that's not getting the reps is, is Devin Kennard. So, no, I mean, listen, uh, when you watch the game, I mean, he stands out. 
and they're they're all three undersized when you look at Golden, Reddick, and Gardek. But they have a big heart, and they play uh, to the echo of the whistle, and they play with passion and energy, and I think it's contagious. There is a love affair, if you will, a bromance with Hassan Reddick, I think, and that's clear for a lot of people who have covered him since he was a first-round draft pick of the Arizona Cardinals. We wish him well. We also wish that he returns the Arizona Cardinals in 2021. We don't know what that is going to mean as far as a contract is concerned, but he has definitely found a home, and maybe not a home with respects to Arizona, but a home as an outside pass rusher. It's just... Does that fit with other teams' defensive schemes? Because he has certainly found a home within Vance Joseph's scheme. Yeah, the only thing I'll say is I, th- I think he's a much better outside linebacker in a 3-4, and I think about half the teams in the league play a 4-3, and, you know, based on personnel, we know the Cardinals play three linemen, um, and then they have two linebackers on, on, uh, on the line, so that's really a, a five-man front. But, yeah, I mean, it's as it's, it's simple as – you know, when you get a chance to, to get to the quarterback. But I just like the way that Vance comes up with this jet package. And, you know, people are aware of it. We got a chance to talk to Kyle Shanahan during the week. And he said that, you know, they, they do a lot of different looks. And I think that's helped these guys to make plays. But they put them in position to make plays. And I'm talking about all three, Gardick, uh, Reddick, and Golden. And those three players, if you don't think the rest of the league has taken notice, you talked about what Kyle Shanahan had to say this week about the Cardinals' defense. He's been thoroughly impressed. Vance Joseph has got a history of being, as Shanahan said, quote, extremely aggressive, and I think we've seen that since Joseph got here. He might have been more aggressive, though, since Chandler Jones got hurt, and that is the surprise, if you will, and maybe Vance Joseph at the end of the season, if he hasn't already, will say, yeah, I'm surprised we were able to get to the quarterback as much as we had without a Chandler Jones, without Corey Peters inside, because it now has made people wonder, oh, you don't need Chandler Jones. You've got these players. Well, it's just not that simple. A lot of the credit needs to be given to Vance Joseph and his entire coaching staff to figure out ways to get pressure on a quarterback, not always get the sack, but get that pressure and get that quarterback off his spot without the best pass rusher the game has seen over the last several seasons in Chandler Jones. Yeah, and you know Chandler Jones, uh, he'll be 32 uh, next year, his first year going into the season at 30. And, you know, I would think he's a priority. Now, he is coming off an ACL injury, um, you know, but the salary cap's going to go down about 11.7%, so close to 12%. The floor is going to be $175 million, and normally the cap goes up 10 to $12 million every single year. Of course, we've got TV contracts coming up, likely a 17-game schedule next year, so we'll see. But, you know, if I had a preference, Craig, I'd probably lean on re- trying to re-sign Marcus Golden just because I think, you know, he could do a little bit more. Um, he's been healthy the last couple of years, so has Reddick been healthy, but it's a tough choice. But I, I, I just think we're going to see a lot of veterans players sign a one-year deal, and it's unfortunate timing-wise for Reddick um, because you think that he would be able to go out there and get a, a nice little number and maybe come back and you know, give it to the Cardinals. But we know it takes two to tango, and it always comes down the fit which we know he fits, and asking price. But the grass isn't always greener on the other side. He's He's got the respect in the locker room, in this community, and the coaching staff, so he'll have to make the best decision for himself and his family. It's going to be a fascinating offseason, not only for the Cardinals, but the entire NFL. And uh, didn't mean to bury the lead here on this edition of Cardinals Cover 2, MJ, but uh, I just had to throw that stat out because, one, it was eye-opening, and then, two, it just – 
speaks to how well Redick has played here over the past two weeks specifically and then since moving into an outside pass rusher and then being put more into those situations since Jones went down with that season into injury. Yeah, and, you know, it's unfortunate you don't have Jordan Phillips in there and Corey Peters and, you know, Devondre Campbell's, you know, been playing through some injuries. So, yeah, I mean, I, I just like that it's not one guy. No disrespect to putting up 19 sacks last year. I, You know, I don't see anybody unless they, a T.J. Water or a Reddick goes on fire here in the last two weeks. But it looked like you can have 14 or 15 sacks this year and you're going to be the sack leader in the National Football League. And that's a little surprising to me considering they didn't have preseason games and off-season workouts like they had in the past because you would think, you know, some of these uh, these pass rushers now are just winning more one-on-one matchups. All right, our, our top story here on this Tuesday edition of Cardinals Cover 2 presented by Hyundai, proud partner of the Arizona Cardinals. Three Pro Bowlers, DeAndre Hopkins, Buda Baker, Kyler Murray named to the Pro Bowl. Hopkins and Baker named starters. Murray, one of three quarterbacks selected. Aaron Rodgers and Russell Wilson, the other two. Remember, there is no game to be played. There is going to be a game virtually EA Sports and Madden NFL 21 will play a Pro Bowl between the NFC and the AFC. That will come in January. That might be an interesting watch when that airs. But it is still an honor for these players. It is something that they can put on their resume. Some players have uh, a financial gain if they get a Pro Bowl nod. And for Hopkins, Baker, and Murray, first, congratulations. And this look at each one of these selections. For Hopkins, his fifth. He is second in the league in catches, leads the league in receiving yards, and to me it was a no-brainer it was not even a consideration that he wouldn't make the team but you never know until you get that press release so DeAndre Hopkins first year with the Arizona Cardinals he is a Pro Bowl wide receiver yeah just watching him as we have throughout the course of the year and of course the Cardinals were awarding him with the highest contract at the wide receiver position usually that fluctuates over the next couple of years but I'm just you know you you know you're looking he's, he's a beast out there I mean his uncanny ability to locate the football and be able to put his body in position to make the catch. I mean, it's very similar to Larry Fitzgerald. It really is. I mean, and we know he's got big hands, and, you know, I like the way that Cliff's moving him around. He play, you know, he's always on the X, which is on the left side. He's played in the slot. Um, we see some crossing routes, and to me, you know, I think the big thing last week for him was yards after catch. I mean, a lot of times, you, going back to the Patriots game when they were trying to get that bubble screen, he was getting tackled, you know, right when he caught the ball. Obviously, you need a you know a receiver or somebody to block down. So, I, I you know, I got no issue with how much they're targeting him. And going back to week one, he was targeted 16 times. He had 14 receptions in that game, and, you know, that was a good win for the Cardinals. I think they really set the, the stage for the entire season. Now, again, you got to take care of business on Saturday. He does it with a little bit more style, if you will, yes. than a Larry Fitzgerald. That's just not Fitz's personality. And I kind of like the difference between the two because you line it up and they're very good at what they do. They both have great catch radiuses. They both have incredible hands. They're both able to maneuver their body, contort their body in different ways to kind of get position or find a larger window that you might not see from the quarterback position or even from fans watching but it's how they do it post catch sometimes Hopkins is a little bit more flair for the dramatics Fitz is where's the referee let's get on to the next play yeah and you know 
you know, Kyler and, and, and Hop, they, they have a lot of conversations on the sidelines. I like to see those conversations take place during the week. But, you know, there are times when Larry Fitzgerald will let them know this play can work. And, and we look at that Chase Edmonds run, and Larry was the lead blocker. Uh, they went to that. Um, but I just like the fact that they're moving them around. Kyler's stepping up in the pocket. He's running in the middle of the field. So there's a lot of things you can build on considering they were on a three-game losing streak and everyone thought the sky was falling. A lot of negativity out there. This offense is going to work in the NFL, and I don't think we're hearing that now over the last couple of weeks. So Hopkins is in. Buda Baker in for the second straight year as a safety, his third selection overall. In fact, he was the leading vote getter at his position, so the fans recognize what Buda Baker has done this season. Here are his numbers 104 tackles, 79 solo, with two sacks, two interceptions, 11 tackles for loss, and two pass breakups. He's all over the field. Sometimes you don't always recognize it, but uh, he is where the action is, whether making the play or assisting on the play. Yeah, and we know how much he means to this team. And, you know, when I look at, you know, Hopkins and Buda, and we'll get into Kyler Murray, I, you know, it's not a surprise to me that they're the three best players on this team. And and other guys have flashed and et cetera, but it makes sense. And when you look at Buda's first year, he made it as a special teams player. Now he's got tough competition, not only in the NFC, but also the NFC West. Him and Jamal Adams, to me, they'll be making a ton of Pro Bowls over the next few years. Matter of fact, Jamal Adams has nine and a half sacks, plays more in the box. Buda can play all over the field. So sky's the limit for Buda Baker and Jamal Adams. And the fact is, they're both in the NFC West. So Hopkins and Baker, starters. Kyler Murray, we don't know who will start at quarterback, but three quarterbacks selected. And for Murray, this is an important distinction, not that he needs it. In fact, he admitted it didn't mean that his season or his career has been validated. Quote, I still have a long way to go, end quote. But a year ago named an alternate. He wins NFL Offensive Rookie of the Year, and now in year two, he's named to the Pro Bowl because he's improved on all his statistics of his rookie season. And there was some tight competition, whether you wanted to go with a Tom Brady or a Kyler Murray. Yeah, and, you know, he's joining uh, Aaron Rodgers. He's going to his ninth Pro Bowl, uh, all along with Russell Wilson. He's going eighth time in his nine seasons. What was interesting, Craig, though, Four of the quarterbacks selected to the Pro Bowl are, are under the age of 26. Josh Allen from Buffalo, 24. Patrick Mahomes, 25. Kyler Murray, the youngest uh, quarterback at 23. And then Deshaun Watson. So it's the first time since 2014 the Pro Bowl uh, that will four quarterbacks on the roster under the age of 26. There were 26 players selected to the Pro Bowl for their first time All-Stars, including Two rookies, Justin Jefferson and Chase Young, no surprise there. Well, maybe a changing of the guard as far as the quarterback position and how people, whether it's fans, whether it's peers, whether it's coaches, look at that position because the youth, it's not just throwing the football, it's running the football. It's using that skill set to their advantage, their particular team's advantage, and more and more teams are looking at that dual threat, at least the threat to run, which certainly opens up everything else along the offense. Well, you just look at the AFC quarterbacks, you know, Josh Allen, we know he can run. Patrick Mahomes, I mean, he doesn't run a lot, but we know that he can get outside the pocket. He throws really good on the run. And then you got Deshaun Watson. He doesn't have a lot of weapons, but that to me is the future of the NFL. Now, you know, do, do, do I prefer a pocket passer, a guy that can sit there in the pocket and make all the throws? Sure. But I'll take the dual threat guy because 
if a team goes into the game like we talked about against Daniel Jones, make him one-dimensional, then all of a sudden your game plan goes out the door. When you've got to uh, defend a dual-threat quarterback and a guy that can score touchdowns you know, in a hurry in Kyler Murray, that's a, that to me is the future of the NFL. And I think when we start looking at Russell Wilson and Aaron Rodgers, they don't run around as much as they did in the past, but they can extend plays with their legs. And so when you look at all these Pro Bowl quarterbacks, that to me is the future of the NFL. Make no mistake, the Cardinals are where they are at 8-6, and 7th seed in the NFC because of Kyler Murray. If he is not able to do what he does on a week-in and week-out basis, then this team, I wouldn't say that they're lost, but they would have to find another identity, and there's no guarantee that you would be at eight wins at this point in the season. I know Bertram Berry on the Cardinals Red Sea Reports and on pregame shows on game day doesn't like to hear it, but I always bring it up. It is a quarterback-driven league. It's been that way for several seasons. It's what put fans in seats. It's what put fans in front of their television sets people want to see offense and now you're seeing it from a quarterback position not just with their arms but with rushing touchdowns as well Kyler Murray you look at his rushing touchdowns 11 that is third best in the league and the most among quarterbacks so that dynamic, to your point, I think is what we're seeing. That is where this game is going with a quarterback who can do a lot more than just throw the ball with his right or left arm. Yeah, there's no doubt. And, you know, um, you know, they're, they're still learning. You know, Cliff and Kyler are still learning. And, you know, we'll figure out what they're going to try to do in the offseason because, really, they added DeAndre Hopkins, pretty much the same players from a year ago. And they keep telling us they're leaving points on the field. And sometimes you think it's a hyperbole. Um, but you could see it. I mean, I, when I went back and watched the uh, the game the other day on the shortcut version, there were there were opportunities out there. This team could have put up 35, 40 points in that game. Um, so for the most part, I mean, um, to me, this is, this is sustainability. If you can run the football and then have that dual threat and then have the number one wide receiver in football on your roster. And now we just need some other guys to step up to take some of the load off of Hopkins. But if he's open, throw it to him. By the way, Murray called the Pro Bowl selection a huge honor, a blessing, and then he was quick to credit his teammates and coaches as well to put him in this position to become a Pro Bowler in just year two of his NFL career. The Cardinals have partnered with Gila River Hotels and Casinos to bring you the 12 days of giveaways. Visit azcardinals.com slash 12 days to find out how you can win prizes like a custom jersey, autographed footballs, or a two-night stay in the Cardinals' fanatic room at either Wild Horse Pass or Viquiva Casino. Visit azcardinals.com slash 12 days for details. Again, that's azcardinals.com slash 12 days. As we continue here on this Tuesday edition of Cardinals Cover 2 presented by Hyundai, proud partner of the Arizona Cardinals, three players make the Pro Bowl, Hopkins, Baker, and Murray. The question is, MJ, should there have been more? Should there have been at least one more? And we're, of course, talking about left tackle DJ Humphreys. He didn't finish in the top as far as fan voting is concerned. But as we've talked over the course of the season, Pro Football Focus grades Humphreys out very well each and every week. He just did not get enough votes from either his peers or the rest of the coaches in order to put him in that game in January. Yeah, and doesn't appear there's any no alternates this year, nope. so that that hurts because sometimes if a guy may like for an example, you got David Bakhtiari, um, who could make a run in the Super Bowl, but um, no no alternates. But you look at Armstead from New Orleans, and 
in Green Bay. But I, Trent Williams, to me, I mean, he missed some games this year. So if, if you're going to say somebody got snubbed, who are you taking out? I would take out Trent Williams. And, and I know how well DJ is developed. He's staying healthy. He's a leader. Um, hey, listen, uh, they're, they're more worried about getting into postseason this year. So, you know, but to me, he's playing well enough to be in this conversation. Um, but again, if you're going to take, if you're going to say somebody's a snub, who are you taking out? I'm taking out Trent Williams. Well, they say it also sometimes it's the year after, and I think if there's enough discussion about Humphreys being left off this team or he consistently and continues to grade out well, then I think maybe it's 2021. We're talking about DJ Humphreys making the Pro Bowl. Usually, it's the year after your quote-unquote breakout season, and then also a year following your year in which you don't play certainly well. Because because it is a popularity contest. You need to get on people's radars, and if you're not on television, national television, every single week, it is sometimes hard for people to know what you do. Yeah, I I, I, I agree with you. But, you know, at the same time, though, um, you know, what else does he have to do to kind of get in that conversation? So now we'll see what happens when you start, you know, breaking up the, uh, the different conferences. But, uh, again, I think he was definitely worthy. I think he's been their best offensive lineman from from the start of the season. I think Beecham's definitely filled in well. You know, Sweezy and and uh, Pew have had their moments, but they're they're obviously starters. And then Mason Cole, I'd like to see him pick it up a little bit more. And then, you know, you got Josh Jones. But I, I just think overall, you know, the offensive line doesn't get enough credit here. We talk about Sean Coogler. And rightfully so. But this, to me, we can talk about the Cardinals are a passing team, but if they're not able to run the football, you will not see this team win games week in and week out. And one thing we're noticing over the last couple of weeks, more consistent in all three phases of the game. Well, running that football, the Cardinals are seventh in the league as far as yards per carry. And as far as keeping Kyle Murray upright in the pocket, that offensive line has only allowed 22 sacks. Remember last year the number was 48, and they wanted to cut that in half. They've done exactly that with three games left to go. And when you are the left tackle and you protect the blind side, although you could argue that maybe Murray doesn't have a blind side because he's able to go back and forth and up and down, north and south, east and west, he's that elusive. But I do think Humphreys is right there amongst the best at his position, and that is left tackle. It's unfortunate that he didn't get in this year, but I do think next year should be the goal and the time that you hear his name amongst the Pro Bowlers. Yeah, and and I'm just, you know, I'm thrilled that we're having this conversation versus, you know, um, you know, some other position where somebody feels like they're getting snubbed. But uh, the good news is he's, he hasn't peaked yet. He's the perfect age to be the blindside quarterback, regardless of Murray runs or not. And, um, you know, he's, to me, he's settling in as that leader now. And so that, that goes a long way in the locker room because there's no panic with these guys. You know, they go out there and they play, but not a lot of panic. So I, I like where they're at, um, but it all starts, you know, winning up front. You can certainly see the growth that Humphreys has made since spending that entire first season as an inactive player to now where, yeah, he should be deserving and perhaps probably should have made the Pro Bowl here in 2020. Now, the Pro Bowl will be held again virtually thanks to EA Sports Madden NFL 21, so there will be no replacements. You don't get subbed out if you make the Super Bowl. Nothing like that. It's a unique year, but, uh, well, that's what they say about uh, 2020. By the way, the uh, Pro Bowlers within the division, Cardinals had three, 49ers had three, Rams two, Seahawks had seven. 26. 
seven teams had at least one player in the 2021 Pro Bowl roster. 25 clubs had multiple players chosen. Four teams, Ravens, Packers, Chiefs, and Seahawks, all placed a league-best seven players on the Pro Bowl roster. Seven. Well, the Seahawks are a playoff team, but I just don't know if you count them amongst the elite as far well, as seven Pro Bowlers. Yeah, but I think, you know, D.K. Metcalf, um, Russell Wilson, you know, Bobby Wagner. Um, again, these guys, household names, not Metcalf, but Russell Wilson and Bobby Wagner. So for the most part, but I, I was a little surprised they had seven, to be honest with you. Cardinals with three. We'll see if we can't get that number up to four in years to come, especially next year with D.J. Humphreys. We'll keep stumping it, uh, stumping it here on Cardinals Cover 2, presented by Hyundai, proud partner of the Arizona Cardinals. Bird Gang, we need to remind everyone about this week's game against the 49ers. One, it's on a Saturday, the day after Christmas, December 26th at 2.30 at State Farm Stadium. 9.30 a.m. pregame coverage begins on the Arizona Cardinals radio network. Now, for those that are in the state of Arizona, the local market, Fox 10 will televise the game. If you are out of markets, out of states, out of country, we know the Bird Gang is well represented throughout the world. The only way you can watch this game, the exclusive stream, that's right, it is going to be streamed on Amazon Prime Video and Twitch. If you are an Amazon Prime member, you get the game at no additional cost. If you're not a Prime member, you can sign up or start a 30-day free trial by visiting Amazon.com slash prime again it is something that the nfl is looking to do more of it is a triple header on saturday but the middle game cardinals and 49ers exclusive stream and i know not only more and more sports leagues but this is the way of the world as far as streaming is concerned whether that's on your mobile device your computer or any other device that you might have to watch things you're going to see games on amazon in the future don't be surprised if the nfl you know, has a contract, whether it's a Thursday night game. And then you're going to have just digital as a whole um, when it comes to streaming football and other sports. So it's the new age. And, you know, obviously, uh, if you're in Arizona, no worries. You can check it out on Fox 10. If you're outside the state, you're going to have to um, you know, look at Amazon. Um, but you can also just, you know, Follow us on Twitter, and we'll keep you updated what's going on between the Cardinals and the Niners. Yeah, you can always go to the uh, social media accounts of uh, all of us here with the Arizona Cardinals and uh, follow along the best you can as the Cardinals look for a third straight win when the 49ers come to State Farm Stadium. One other note before we look, as we typically do here on Tuesdays, when we look at the division and we look at the NFC playoff picture, we did have a chance earlier today to hear from Byron Murphy the first time since he missed some games earlier this season because of COVID-19. But we tend to forget, and I admit I'll be in that category, but this is Murphy's second season. And we always talk about that jump from year one to year two and we focus on Kyler Murray. Well, there were other players in that draft class, including Murphy, who I think has made that jump from year one to year two. He was picked on heavily as a rookie, not nearly as much here this season because Patrick Peterson is around, but he has certainly made the most of his opportunity and a lot of the times shined in his opportunity. Yeah, I mean, you talk about going back to week one. He had a pass defense against the Niners, kind of secured the uh, victory for the Redbirds. You look at what happened in the previous game against the Eagles. He had passed three passes defense. He's playing his natural position, and I got a chance to talk to him um, on a Zoom interview, and, and I asked him, I mean, usually you see players 
players make a jump from one year to the next. Um, but they didn't have their normal offseason, um, no preseason games. And he, he was targeted a ton last year. Opposing quarterbacks were completing a lot of passes. And in fairness to him, he was covering guys like Julio Jones. He gave out nine touchdowns last year. A lot of it was to tight ends because that's the assignment he drew. This year, only two. So you could see the Cardinals were thrilled when they had that first pick in the second round at 33 overall. And they had some other options. And it could have went offensive line, but they felt, you know, with Kugler's um, – you know, tutelage, they, they were good there. But the fact is, you have a guy that can play um, physical. I like the way he attacks the ball. He's not afraid. I, th- I I think he's just playing with a lot of confidence, and it helps when you're on the field and you, you don't worry about making mistakes. And I think he's got a br- bright future playing that position. We'll see if he, they decide to put him outside. But right now, we know how talented these slot receivers are, and he's done a really good job. He's not thinking nearly yes. as much as he was a year ago, and he's much more comfortable and that's why he's able to play as he is right now according to pro football reference he's only allowing 64 percent completion percentage and you touched on it the two touchdowns compared to nine a year ago but let's look back to week one it was him on the coverage of trent taylor on that fourth and five at the 16 yard line the 49ers with an opportunity to win the ball game and the 40 and the and the cardinals get off the field well this past sunday against the eagles Byron Murphy in the coverage on third and 10. Final play of the ball game. Jalen Hurts throws it into the end zone, and Murphy comes up with the defense, the pass breakup. I'm not exactly sure if he did get credit for the pass defense on that play, but he was right there to knock the ball out of the hands of the receiver. Cardinals win. So you can make the argument, and that it's a it's a realistic argument, that Byron Murphy has, ha- has had a hand, literally, in two wins this season, week one and week 15. Yeah, and that's the difference from a year ago. And, and again, you can just see he's he's. You pointed it out, and it's always a case um, when you're thinking, you can't react. When you're playing free and you're confident in your in, in your technique and your skills, then you can go out there and just ball. And I think that he's he's now in that area to where there's no more thinking. Uh, he he he. You know, he can line up against anybody, you know, they put against him, and he'll be successful. Again, good quarterbacks will try to find some, some tight throws, so it's not going to be perfect. But you you got to give him a lot of credit because he went he, he basically was thrown to the Wolves last year, and now he's on the other side making plays, helping this team win games on game day. And they're asking him to do a little bit more as far as getting to the quarterback as well. He's got two sacks, did not have any a year ago, and he's got four pressures this year, did not have any a year ago. So with time in this league, teams – and coaches are able to put more on the young players, and I think you're seeing that with Byron Murphy. Now it's unfortunate because in year one he was – Look, he was put into a very difficult position. Patrick Peterson suspended the first six games. Robert Alford lost for the season because of injury. And the last man standing literally was Byron Murphy. So he had to start, and he did all 16 games. Here this season, he's only started six, but you do have a Peterson. You do have a Drake Kirkpatrick. You're able to utilize Murphy maybe a little bit more and suitable to his strengths. Now we'll see what the next step is for him in year three, four, five, and down the road. Well, getting some interceptions. Getting your hands on more balls, meaning he's close. I mean, you're talking about tight coverage. He's, he's able to get the pass defense. Uh, that was a great play at the end of the game and maybe on the third down play where he looked like the receiver or the tight end was going to possess the ball. The ball moved when it hit the ground. But now, now it's time to get some interceptions and – Nothing better than the next game.
I'll say this. He does lead the team in passes defense. He and Patrick Peterson each with eights on the season. Kirkpatrick has seven. So he's getting his hand somewhat on the football. Now he needs to get both hands on the football, unless you're Buda Baker and you just intercept the ball with one hand because the other <laughs> hand's in a cast. But that is something now, you're right. It's okay, you've done this much. Now let's see if you can't fill up that stat sheet and become maybe a pro bowler in the future because we know that stats are what gets a lot of these guys regular season and postseason honors. And he's got he's got decisive speed. I, I don't know if people realize how athletic he is, how physical he is in the tackling game, but I think if he gets his hand on a ball, he's got an opportunity to take it for a pick six. I really do. Well, he certainly is that dynamic playmaker. He was in high school. He was in college. And he could, in a pinch, return kicks or return punts for this team because he has done that. And, you know, you don't want to risk it. But I would think that he would be a viable option in the case of an emergency as well as a Patrick Peterson. But, um, yeah, if you can get the football in his hands, I would love to see what he's able to do and maybe not get caught from behind like a Budabaker. Exactly. And that's something that, you know, um, it happens. I mean, not too many guys are DK Metcalf that's going to track you down. Um, but I do like the fact that he's he's around the ball and now it's a matter of them getting some pressure up front. You know how I feel about sacks that can be overrated. Hurries, pressures, and knockdowns lead to turnovers, so get that quarterback off his spot, and hopefully he gets an opportunity to get his ball, a couple balls in his hands over the next couple of weeks. Bird Gang, make sure you update, if you haven't already, to the latest version of the Cardinals mobile app today. The update features an all-new redesigned home screen experience. Visit azcardinals.com app for more. As we continue here, this Tuesday edition of Cardinals Cover 2 presented by Hyundai, proud partner of the Arizona Cardinals. We do it every Tuesday looking at the division and over the last couple of weeks looking at the conference as far as playoff seedings are concerned. And let's do that right now because as we've been talking about the Cardinals right there, there are seven teams that make the postseason, and the Cardinals are the number seven team right now. And there is a possibility that the Cardinals can clinch a playoff spot this week. It's going to take some things. One, it's going to take the Cardinals to beat the 49ers, and it's also going to take the Bears to lose at Jacksonville. Or maybe the Bears and Jaguars finish in a tie. Now, the other scenario is Cardinals and 49ers finish in a tie, and the Bears-Jaguars finish in a tie. That would also get the Cardinals into the playoffs. But I think more and more people believe that no playoff will be clinched this week just because I don't think anyone anticipates the Bears going into Jacksonville and losing. Yeah, according to Doug Marone, though, they're they're going to play to win. Uh, I know that the uh, Jets won a game, and so all of a sudden, you know, Jacksonville has a tiebreaker, and I don't think it will change unless they uh, win a game. Um, but to Doug Marone, you know, he's, he's the head coach now. We know that uh, they're going to have to go out and get a GM, and they're going to have the high pick in the draft, so uh, we'll see. Um, but, you know, you got to give Mitch Trubisky credit. They've been going back and forth with Nick Foles. We know that one thing you can count on the Bears is their defense. And now they're getting running the running game going with uh, Montgomery. Uh, Trubisky's putting up points. So uh, I'm rooting for Jacksonville, clearly, but I think the Bears are the better team going in there. Hard to believe that they're in this position considering at one point they were in the midst of a six-game losing streak and everyone had written them off. And here they are at 7-7. and And if they finish tied with the Cardinals, they have the tiebreaker over the Arizona Cardinals. The Cardinals must finish ahead of the Bears. Otherwise, the Bears will be in the postseason and the Cardinals will be watching from home. 
Yeah, and you look at Mitch uh, Trubisky's seven starts, the Bears have put up 24 points or more. And then you look at in all of Nick, uh, Nick Foles' seven starts, they never reach that figure. So do the math. I mean, it's it's pretty impressive. I mean, you start looking at what they've done over the last couple of games, I mean, they're, they're scoring points. And, and that's the big difference uh, now that Trubisky's in there. And, you know, I'm sure, you know, the, the masses are – probably uh, calming down because you wonder is Matt Nagy going to survive? Ryan Pace I mean every night he goes to bed thinking I could have had Deshaun Watson or Patrick Mahomes but you got to move on and so you know that but one thing about the Bears and we get to this time of the year they have a really good defense and teams don't like to go there and play in that cold weather. Don't forget about the Vikings they're still alive as well though they are two games behind the Cardinals at eight and six however the Vikings also had the tiebreaker over the Cardinals, and we've been talking about this for several weeks. It's because of record of common opponents. First tiebreaker is head-to-head. Well, the Cardinals didn't play the Bears or the Vikings. Then it's conference record. Well, there's a possibility that the Cardinals, Bears, and Vikings all finish with the same conference record. Then you go to record of common opponents, and this is where the Cardinals get dinged because they lost to the Lions. They lost to the Panthers. Well, the Bears beat the Lions. They beat the Panthers. The Vikings beat the Lions, beat the Panthers. So you cannot finish tied with the Bears or Vikings if you're the Cardinals. You must finish one game ahead. Well, just win this week, and then we'll we'll we'll, we'll know going into the game where they stand. And the whole idea is, it, you know, the team goal at the start of the year for every team is to win the division. That means you're hosting a playoff game. But what, what's next? Just get in the postseason. I'm telling you, the feeling in the building is if this team can get in the postseason, they feel like and they're going to have to go on the road, probably against a really good quarterback and a team with a better record. But they feel if this offense can start clicking even more, that they feel like they have a chance when they get to the postseason. That's all you got to do is get to the dance and and then tee it up because, you know, I I wouldn't want to go to Green Bay, but maybe New Orleans, it's indoors. I mean, there's a lot of different factors, but. I don't think home field advantage is going to matter as much as it did in previous years. Yeah, win out, and you don't have to worry about anyone behind you, and you take care of your own business. You control your own destiny. If you do need help, though, that is where things become tricky. The Bears have games at Jacksonville, and then they'll host the Packers. Now Green Bay, the number one seed, they haven't locked anything up. And if the Seahawks are able to win this week against the Rams, not only would they – Well, they've already clinched a playoff spot, but that would mean they win the division. And if the Packers somehow stumble, that Week 17 game, Packers and Bears, the Green Bay Packers might have to play hard. They might be playing for something, and they might just be playing for something regardless just because of the Packers-Bears rivalry. But you don't want to rely on someone else to get into the postseason. You want to be able to go in that door on your own, not have someone open it up and push you through. Yeah, Green Bay uh, clinches a uh, first round bye with, you know, they're 11 and 3 and they got to play the Tennessee Titans on Sunday night on NBC, but if the Green Bay wins and Seattle loses or tie, um, they're likely going to be the the number 1 seed uh, unless they falter and then you got the Saints that are 10 and 4 where the Packers are 11 and 3 and you got to like their chances with that quarterback and what they're doing with Devontae Adams and, and, of course, the running game with Aaron Jones. Here's how the NFC playoff picture looks. Packers, Saints, Seahawks, Washington, Rams, Buccaneers, and Cardinals. There is a way for the Cardinals to get the sixth seed, but uh, we'll talk more about that following this week to say to, to see what happens between the Cardinals and the Buccaneers. And then you will look at the NFC West is concerned. Rams and Seahawks is the big game this week. Seahawks 
Seahawks win, they win the division. Rams win, they'll clinch a playoff spot. They don't clinch the division, but they would get into the postseason. Should have gotten into the postseason last week, but they were embarrassed, in the words of Sean McVay, at home to the Jets, losing 23-20. to The consistency of the Rams is something that has baffled them all season long. Yeah, I did, I did not see that coming. And, you know, you would think you have a team that's reeling. You get off to a good start, but they, they were not in that football game. And that could cost them going on the road versus, you know, challenging for the division title. Not saying it's going to be difficult to play in, in Los Angeles, but we know the Rams, you know, they're, they're probably a more complete team than people get them credit for from special teams to defense and offense. But once again, Craig, Jared Goff turned the ball over a few times, and, you know, that's the recipe when they don't win is he turns it over and he gets a little gun shy. And I think Sean McVay, you know, he, he called him out a few weeks ago and then he played really well against the Cardinals. But uh, just like to me, Jimmy Garoppolo, he's going to throw you a couple and, and you just got to hope you can take advantage of it. Yeah, he was picked off one. Special teams had a punt blocked and the offense also lost running back Cam Akers, a high ankle sprain. He will not play this week. So you, now you're looking at Daryl Henderson and Malcolm Brown in the backfield for the Rams. With respects to the Seahawks, some good news, bad news. They lost running back DJ Dallas, hurt his ankle. But Josh Gordon is back. The wide receiver uh, reinstated following an indefinite suspension. And Greg Olson, the tight end, who hurt himself in Week 11 against the Cardinals, he has a chance to play this week. So the Seahawks getting some healthier players, at least skilled position players, for their game against the Rams this week. And throw in Rashad Penny. That's right. He returned less past week, and, and so he'll be getting more of a workload. Yeah, and, you know, when they brought back Chris Carson, and I thought, oh, man, they got Chris Carson, Carlos Hyde now, Rashad Penny, who obviously has been injured, high pick for them. Um, that's a three-headed monster right there and probably ride the hot hand. Then you got D.K. Metcalf, and, you know, you look at Tyler Lockett, and, you know, yeah. I mean, it's a situation where, um, you could see them making a run if, if, if everything falls into place. Yeah, certainly uh, the Seahawks were the team to beat, and then people kind of, oh, well, maybe not this year. Now they're the team to beat, and they've been going back and forth with the Rams as far as who's the head of the class as far as the NFC West is concerned. Seahawks, Rams, Cardinals, 49ers, those are the two games within the division this week. And, of course, all eyes on State Farm Stadium with respect to the Cardinals and 49ers. Remember, if you are in the local market, if you are in Maricopa County, if you're in the state of Arizona, Fox 10, the game will be televised. If you are out of market, out of state, out of the country, Bird Gang, yes, we are aware that we have fans everywhere around the world. If you want to watch this game, if you're not an Amazon Prime member, sign up or start a 30-day free trial by visiting Amazon.com slash Prime. The broadcast, video-wise, exclusive stream, Amazon Prime Video and Twitch. Yeah, and I think that's the future. It's just, you know, but locally, you're good. Just watch it on Fox 10. You can tune in to 98.7 FM. Um, and you could follow all of us on Twitter. We do a really good job keeping you informed what's going on during the game. We've got the pre- and post-game show, so we look forward to you listening and hopefully uh, getting a chance to interact with the show. 2.30 is the kickoff, 9.30 a.m. The pregame coverage begins on the Arizona Cardinals radio network. We'll dive into that matchup beginning tomorrow when we hear from defensive coordinator Vance Joseph and get into who might be available for the San Francisco 49ers. That has been a question for them, not only this week, but all season long. 
on that note, we will put a lid on this edition of Cardinals Cover 2 presented by Hyundai, proud partner of the Arizona Cardinals. As always, special thanks to our executive producer, Jim Omohundro. For Mike Jarecki, I'm Craig Riolu. We'll talk to you next time here on Cardinals Cover 2.